Is there such thing as a paranormal witching hour? Do fireflies imply the existence of waterflies, earthflies, and windflies? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Sorry, I zoned out there for a minute. I didn't do the screen with you. Do you want to go back? No, it's all good. I can, uh, no, if you don't want to join in for this podcast, that's fine. I'll take it from here. I think that's the first time one of us no, has no, missed no, the no, screen no. in like a year. <laughs> I'm boss, I'm broken. Not a good start to this week's episode. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm back in the game. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm in the moment. I'm present. Glad to hear it. This is This Paranormal Life, a comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale, case or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Greer Mulvena, professional paranormal investigator extraordinaire, and across from me, Mr. Rory, Rory Powers. Powers, right here in the moment, living life right now, paying attention 100%. I'm ready to go, geared up. I'm excited. Well, if you're ready, Rory, let's dive into today's investigation. I love it because because recently we've had a bit of dilly-dallying at the start of the podcast, a bit of chit-chat, but we pride ourselves on not talking mm-hmm. at the start of the podcast about our personal lives, so about let's anything go. like that. We get straight into the story. Yeah, you're right. So, so many podcasts, sorry, so, let me finish first. So many podcasts out there, they have a theme and it's a strong theme at mm-hmm. that. It's presented well throughout the yeah. artwork and yeah. even maybe at the start of the podcast, but what they do is they ramble too much at the start. For new listeners, yeah. that can be really yeah. off-putting. Yeah, you're rambling. If you, you're rambling. <laughs> I, I'm explaining the problem. You're rambling right now. I'm not right part now. of the problem. But we don't dilly-dally. We go, we go straight into the show is what I'm trying to say. We get straight into it. Are you done? The Paranormal Podcast. Yeah, I'm done. We can we can start. Because that's so, the other thing is oh that some hosts, some hosts have a weird dynamic where things feel This awkward. is a weird dynamic. <laughs> it's unbelievably <laughs> awkward for our listeners. <laughs> Sometimes I think uh, our podcast is what it feels like uh, when you're a kid and your parents are having an argument (laughs) and you're just kind of listening to it like through the walls of your bedroom. (laughs) Roy, let's take it back to 1932 when it was October in Carbon County, Wyoming. Two prospectors, Cecil Maine and Frank Carr, are up in the San Pedro Mountains digging for gold. It's a blistering hot day and the men are going hard at work for that sweet, sweet gold. Or as I like to call it, nature's Bitcoin. Before long, they find a huge boulder with a vein of gold cutting right through the middle of it. Ooh, yeah. M- my knowledge of the worth of gold is really lacking. I-, I don't know if you could find like a pebble of gold and you're set for life, or if you need to keep digging, if that's like the start of the discovery, you know? Ooh. But if you find a vein of gold... That's like a little golden river. I'd like to think you could just drop your tools. You're a billionaire now. If you're talking about the value of it, I mean, I think you'll need more than a pebble. I guess if you think like a gold ring that someone might wear in their finger, it's never usually 24 carat solid gold. But if it was, it might be like a thousand pounds or something. So a little nugget. You probably need a few nuggets put together. That's good to know. That's good to know. I won't give up my tools just yet. I found a shiny pebble and I sold all of my mining equipment. I said, this is it. I'm out of the business. I got my retirement plan right here. I'm holding a snail. (laughs) As we discussed many times in the podcast before, it was fool's gold. Like I say, they found a huge boulder with hints of gold through it. Well, you change your song, you change your tune now. First, it was a vein of gold. 
Now it's well, hints of gold, now means, it's specks. It just means a, 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 a tiny line going through it, like a vein in your... Like a vein, because I'm thinking of like a mighty veiny of gold in don't, this boulder. Don't think <laughs> that. Simply don't. I'm imagining a giant golden that was discovered in Mother Earth. And you're, now, you're saying you it's, now you're saying it's flakes? Now you're saying it's little specks of gold? I'm just a little confused. Fine. A veiny <laughs> of gold. Okay was glistening in the boulder. Now that I hear it back, I don't like that at all. Of course. Okay, it sounds bad. Jackpot! Frank, get over here! Chipping away at the rock piece by piece with a pickaxe was proving to be hard work, though. Goddamn! Chipping away at this rock is proving to be hard work. What do you say we shake things up a little bit? Apply a bit of elbow grease. Cecil, for the last time, we can't drop a piano on the thing that only works in the cartoons. No, I mean dynamite. So they decide to try and blast through the thick stone by placing a couple sticks of dynamite in the cracks. When the dust settles, they realize they haven't just split the slab, they've demolished it into small pieces. But that's when they see they've opened up a hidden chamber in the mountainside. It's about four feet wide and only four feet tall, but appears to go back at least 15 feet, if not more. Granted, the men have blown their gold source into smithereens, but they're still excited at the prospect of seeing what's inside. Well, all right. Let's see what we got here. You first. No way. You first. I mean, someone's got to stay here and make sure the raccoons don't steal our lunch. Damn it. You're right. Those raccoons really did a number on us yesterday. All right, we'll take our lunch and both go. Frank and Cecil crouch down and peer into the space. They can barely make out anything in the darkness. The floor seems to be empty, but at the very edge, there's a little shelf built into the wall. And there's somebody sitting on it. Whoa, what? There's a tiny figure sitting cross-legged on the ledge. It can't be more than seven inches tall in its sitting position. Its little arms are crossed and its eyes are fixed, facing straight ahead. Even stranger, its forehead is flat and it has glassy, bulging eyes. But it's immediately obvious that whatever this thing is, it's long since departed this world. In fact, it's full-on mummified. The prospectors are all kinds of confused. What in the hell? There are so many questions. What is this thing? How did it get here? How long has it been hidden here behind a wall of rock halfway up a mountain? They take it down the hill with them and surrender it to the experts who pour over it. It's incredibly well preserved. So much so that each individual fingernail is still visible. Rory, would you like to see Frank and Cecil's discovery? Uh, yeah, sure. Whoa, my goodness. What am I looking at here? This thing is, this is like a little human-ish creature, as you said, completely mummified. It looks like a slab of beef jerky with a face. <laughs> I don't really have a scale, but it does look like, where are its legs? Are its legs kind of folded up? It's like a sitting position? sitting cross-legged, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of looks like a human, has human-ish features, mm-hmm. but the face is kind of distorted. Good head of hair on this thing as well, unless that's a mummified hat. It's hard, it's hard to tell. <laughs> what would be your first impression on finding that thing, Rory? 
Well, I don't understand how they found... You said they took it to specialists. Mm-hmm. Who specializes in seven foot... Wait, seven foot or seven inch? Seven inch. Seven inch mummified cave people. Back then, there was only so many professionals. I'm guessing you just kept going through the list. Started with baker, dentist, doctor. See what's up, yeah. Barman, <laughs> sheriff. <laughs> then eventually they got to the right people. Uh, I don't really know what I would do here. I guess, look, these are men who are hunting for gold, hunting for treasure. Is it possible they stumbled upon some sort of super treasure that they didn't even know they were looking for? Wow, that the treasure could be some kind of, up to this moment, undiscovered creature. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably try and eat it. Just a nibble. Your first reference (laughs) was beef jerky. I don't know. What would you do if you find this thing? Find another boulder to roll in front of the the space and just forget it ever happened, brother. See if there's any dynamite left in the bag. (laughs) So the two men bring their finding back to society and show it to basically anyone who will listen. Don't take it out of the cave. If there's one piece of knowledge that people know about mummies it's not to with mummies don't with mummies don't do it don't disrespect them don't move them don't steal them don't take them in your greedy little gold hungry hands and drag them around town showing them to people bad idea this is what i'm saying before long uh rory i'm gonna use a reference here that's gonna it's gonna make a lot of sense to you as of recently uh, this thing is going to turn out like Imhotep himself. It's going to be ordering you around to do his bidding. Right. Sending you out to look for gold and in the realm of the undead. Yeah. You got to be asking yourself, did I find the mummy or did the mummy find me? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, as soon as you walk out of that cave uh, carrying the mummy, you're just going to hear. <laughs> that yes. sentence alone is nuts. You're just going to hear in the distance. I'm putting them back. I'm putting them back because I don't know what that was, but it was weird and I don't have time for this. I'm pretty sure Voldemort just slithered by (laughs) and I hadn't heard him all trip, all expedition. Isn't it funny that like, I'll, I'll mess with any other form of dead people, you know, you get cremated, whatever. I'll open up the vase, scatter it into the wind don't you get buried underground i don't care i'll dig you up and gank your rings and teeth illegal i don't care but if you're mummified i'm i'm staying away i am keeping my distance well there you have it from the grave robber himself (laughs) that's that's if you want to keep your loved ones safe mummify them they're safe from rory i've seen the mummy all right i know what happens the scarabs crawl about on the floor and go up my asshole and then come that out my didn't mouth. Happen I'm pretty sure it happened it in the mummy. It did not happen. I might be thinking of the pornographic version that I watched later that evening. Poor Brendan Fraser's career never <laughs> recovered from the uh, scarab beetle up the asshole. I was watching The Step Mummy, which was a Pornhub original. That is a, an equally <laughs> fascinating film, I will say. Um, it goes a bit off piece with uh, <laughs> Step Mummy 2, The Scorpion King. <laughs> Before long, both the American Museum of Natural History and the Anthropology Department at Harvard check over the mummy with all sorts of tests, including an x-ray. Amazingly, they find that this is a mummified, fully grown adult. And despite its height of only 14 inches, they estimate its age at approximately 65 years old. Wow. I only know a couple 65-year-olds, Rory, but they're normal human height not 14 inches tall 
Yeah, 14 inches. That is really not very tall at all, is it? It's basically one foot tall. Yeah. I think I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Now, is that estimated to be the size of the person with their legs extended? Okay. So this thing is probably half a foot then as it was found. Yeah, it was, the legs it was seven crossed. inches sitting. My God. They also revealed it has all kinds of broken bones. But perhaps the creepiest part is that this creature has a full set of teeth. And yet, they aren't human. They what? Are, they're all canine teeth. And much sharper and pointier than the scientists would expect from a humanoid mummy. Oh my god. This led the teams to believe they might be in the possession of a creature unknown to science. Is it possible that this thing is completely new? How can a miniature human be 65 years old and have dog teeth? Yeah, is it like a, a bit of human, a bit of dog, or is it like a variety pack of teeth? Like there's a snapping turtle canine in there. There's, I don't know, a, a shark tooth right at the back. Or is it kind of like a bit of human, bit of dog? I believe it's all dog. Oh, it's all dog teeth? Oh, wow. This is this is upsetting, <laughs> I think is the right word to describe it. Imagine that. I'm just imagining a human now with a multi-pack of teeth. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. I'm starting to see why this thing was put in a cave. And sealed with a boulder. Yeah, if it's a one-foot human with dog teeth. I don't think as a society we could handle that now. Yeah, as a society we can't handle this. This is like one of the little kids from Akira. They have too much psychic power yeah. that it could destroy the earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a very uh, prehistoric level of psychic power, which was just the teeth of a dog, <laughs> which made you able to bite things stronger than a human. They were like, well, he's too powerful. We, we must seal him in a tomb. It's like, he just has dog teeth. We don't, he's not that strong. <laughs> None of us have teeth, and yet he has dog teeth. It's not fair. That would, that's like uh, ancient civilization's nuclear weapon to have a, a creature with dog teeth. And so, Cecil and Frank, and anyone else who was remotely interested in the story, were basically left with more questions than answers after the investigation by the experts. That is, until one of them heard of a Native American legend from the Shoshone tribe. A legend that speaks of an ancient race of little people. Hmm. And their teeth, sir? The teeth of these people? Sorry, I might be jumping to conclusions. They call these creatures... The dog-mouthed mini-men. Okay, so it was the... Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they call these creatures the Nimarigar. They're around 20 inches to 3 feet tall and are said to live all over the San Pedro Mountains, right where our mummified friend was uncovered. Wow. The legend goes that these creatures used to be in constant war with the Shoshone people, hunting them with poisoned arrows. And they didn't just fight their enemies, they lived and died in brutal ways. When a Nimarigar gets sick or even just old, the others club it over the head and leave the corpse to mummify. Whoa! Brutal! Which I guess is just what happens when you don't have a healthcare system. To us, it seems cruel to just club someone over the head if they so much as sprain their ankle. But I don't know. Do you think, is that kinder than letting someone slowly get devoured by vultures? Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to think in a dream scenario, there is some kind of support system for the injured or elderly. But as we said, this is an ancient civilization. So maybe it is kinder to just give him a swift clubbing. 
I'm not saying I explicitly endorse the clubbing. I'm just trying to see it from their side of things. I'm just saying, do you ever see any old people in the commune? No. <laughs> Moving on. They go to the retirement home and never come out. <laughs> the symbol of the retirement home is a giant club. <laughs> Unfortunately for Frank and Cecil, it's considered extremely bad luck to find the body of a Nimrigar. The Shoshone tribe warned the first European settlers in America to avoid them at all costs. Presumably, until the settlers turned out to be complete assholes, and then they just started leaving Nimrigar bodies lying all over the place for them to find. That's smart. That's smart. If you want to keep invaders afraid of your territory, don't tell them about the little mummified people in the mountains. <laughs> And so, because the world had to wait for two dumb white people to excavate one of these things, Pedro was one of the first pieces of physical evidence of these creatures' existence. Nice. Because no one had ever dug it up, I guess. And now you got two dumb white people telling you the story. <laughs> I, I know members of the Shoshone tribe are sitting at home right now like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do not talk about them. Um, This is pretty crazy, don't you think? I mean... You can't dig these things up or find them. It's kind of like having thousands of mini Tutankhamuns laying around, each one carrying a curse of its own. Yeah, little paranormal landmines, basically, just waiting for people to step on them. Uh, it is interesting that, you know, even though this mummy has no relation to ancient Egypt and the kind of legends and folklore that surround it, there still is a curse that comes with it. It's almost as if the process of mummification carries the idea of the curse rather than mm -hmm. the, the ancient Egypt. Of, yeah, uh, the, the culture of Egypt, uh, which is quite interesting. It really gives you an insight into how uh, much of an issue probably grave robbing and things like that were at the time. Because yeah. essentially, if you mummify something, you are trying to make it last forever. So it makes sense that if you're going to go to all the bother of mummifying someone, you might as well place a little curse on it too to anyone who would try and dig them up. Makes sense. Yeah, just like a, a fallback. Uh, it is kind of strange that this mummy that you have shown me, it seems like, as they said, it was just in the cave sitting there. Whereas like, I thought part of the reason why mummies were preserved so well was the wrappings and then the sealed in the sarcophagus, sealed in the tomb. You know, there's a lot of layers to why they're preserved so perfectly. Uh, but this creature seems to be preserved pretty well. But uh, I don't see the bandages, you know, the wrappings. Maybe that process is more down to the oils you use on the body. I don't really know a lot about it. That's a really good point. And something we should uh, keep in mind for later. Disturbingly, many other Native American tribes have similar legends. The Wampanoag have Pugwaji. Their name means people of the wilderness. They can turn invisible, give people amnesia, and shapeshift into dangerous animals like wolves or cougars. Not too many powers. It's believed a Pugwaji can seriously hurt you just by staring into your eyes. Then there's the Nerembi of the Crow tribe. They have sharp, goblin-like teeth. Ooh. Interestingly, they kind of mostly pick on things their own size. So to me or you, they'll just like steal our stuff or tie our hair in a knot when we're sleeping. But they will kill or abduct pets and babies. Oh, so they're quite small, the, the, those creatures? That's right. Got it. And lastly, the Arapaho believe in straight up cannibal dwarves. As the name suggests, 
They are child-sized and extremely dangerous. Oh my god. Worryingly for these guys, there is disagreement about whether these mini cannibals are invisible or if they simply run so fast the naked eye can't detect them. What? Supersonic cannibal dwarves? I mean, like another great band name <laughs> to add to the pile. Uh, isn't that disturbing? That's terrifying. It's believed that they are so violent because they believe they can only reach the afterlife if they die in battle. Right, so they're just from, from the get-go as fast as they can trying to get stomped. They're basically mini Vikings. Um, do you think it makes our case more believable today that there are pre-existing legends about such similar creatures? Yes, yes I do. Because whether or not those legends are accurate, there's still conversations about a creature that resembles the one that was found in the cave. Maybe even if there was some sort of strange hybrid wolf baby, that could still be the thing they're talking about in these mm -hmm. stories. Maybe not one that can borderline teleport or move as quickly as the Flash, but still, there are similarities. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But amazingly, the tale of Cecil and Frank uncovering a creepy mummy was not the only time this has happened. We'll flash back to July 5th, 1820. We're in Coffee County, Tennessee. The farmers operating in the area have uncovered something, and the news headlines sent people into a tiz. On the farm of Turner Lane and on other farms adjacent have lately been found small graves sunk into the earth from 1 foot to 18 inches below the surface. When the farmers dig deeper into the ground, they find what appear to be human remains, but they're far too small to be adult remains. Hmm. One set of bones appears to have had three legs. 
Some of the graves contain clay pots, pipes, shells, and other cooking utensils. Shocked and thinking the worst, the local landowners talked. Are these... are these all kids buried here, you think? If they were kids, their skulls and skeletons wouldn't be fully formed like this. Whatever these are, I think they were full grown. Tombs containing the same size skeletons Keep laid an up- eye on that guy. Keep an eye on that last guy. He seems to know a lot about the skeletons of children and what they should look like. Maybe keep an eye on that son of a bitch, because that's pretty messed up. No, you see, when you spill the blood of the innocent, <laughs> it uh, flowers would never grow on top of the soil like that, because that ground would be cursed for all eternity. A bit like my yard. I mean, oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, I gotta go do some farming. These can't be children. You see, the skeleton of a child has a much more prolonged sky. I have several here in the back of my truck, if you would like to see. You have what? I've said too much, gentlemen. Good day. I've been drinking. (laughs) Don't take anything I say serious. (laughs) Could you direct me towards the nearest school? (laughs) You're a farmer. What are you farming? (laughs) Souls, mostly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Arrest him. Sounds like one of I'll just nonchalant and open he is with it. Souls mostly. I try and get the living off the streets, rapture them in my basement, and bury the bodies here. Child, woman, man, doesn't bother me. Probably wondering why I'm telling you all this, but if you look around, you'll see you got nowhere to run. <laughs> <laughs> so lay down in that tiny grave and put these dog teeth in your mouth. <laughs> Tombs containing the same size skeletons laid out in a similar way with identical materials were found in a number of properties in the region. Many of the bodies found sitting just like Pedro, our mummy from earlier. Mm. They too had heard the legends of the pygmy people, but many wouldn't believe it. One guy wrote an article saying, How could a nation of pygmy men, not exceeding 18 inches in stature, build habitations? Clear the forest, cultivate the soil, defend themselves against the ravages of the hawk and eagle, the wolf and the panther. I feel that he's forgetting the bit where the Shoshone people said these guys have poison arrows. Yeah, or one version of them can borderline teleport. Uh, They're invisible. And have goblin teeth. I think you said they can hurt you by looking in your eyes. So I'm not too worried about hawks. I think the eagle is fine. (laughs) I think the... Eagles need to be worried about the ground people. And yet, when the remains were sent for analysis, just like before, the Historical and Antiquarian Societies of Tennessee conclude that these are adult remains despite being so tiny. Hmm. I should say, for sure, there is and was fierce disagreement about what these remains meant, whether they were a hoax, whether they were even human, and whether they were evidence of a race of pygmy people. But Rory... If we want more evidence, why don't we just look closer at Pedro the Mummy, right? Surely with today's technology, we'll be able to find the answers we need. But here's the thing. The San Pedro Martins Mummy is missing. Oh no. I've traced its movement since its discovery, and it seems it was in the possession of scientists for a couple of years before it was put out in display at a drugstore in Mititsi, Wyoming in 1936. So disrespectful. 
to any living creature. It stayed there in the shop window in a glass jar for a decade or so before it caught the eye of a businessman from Casper, Wyoming named Ivan T. Goodman. Oh my God. He was a car salesman hoping to use Pedro to drum up some more interest in his car business. And so he did. He sat in the sales room under a sign reading... It's educational. It's scientific. It will amaze you and thrill you. It's a pygmy preserved as it actually lived. What does this have to do with car sales? Buy a Toyota, (laughs) (laughs) says the little pygmy. Uh, Goodman claimed the body was 1,000 years old and that it was an ancestor of the modern human race. Again, it's so (laughs) irrelevant to his family business. He owned the mummy for a while before it changed hands yet again. This time it went to Leonard Wadler, a native of New York. And this is where the trail runs cold. The last time its whereabouts were known was sometime in the 50s. By 1979, a Wyoming newspaper published a wanted poster begging for the mummy's safe return. Wow. Reward, 10,000 US dollars. Pedro, the mountain mummy. Bible Land Studios will pay $10,000 for Pedro and $1,000 for an original x-ray. I like that he has a wanted poster, as if he robbed a bank. (laughs) (laughs) We won't even get into what Bible Land Studios possibly want with Pedro the Mountain Mummy. They're going to destroy it, right? 100% they're going to destroy it. I feel like anyone with some sort of biblical agenda isn't going to like a one-foot mummified man. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) apparently they, they publish like world history from the viewpoint of the Bible. Right. No idea why they want Pedro. Yeah, it's either that he proves something in the Bible or that he uh, disproves something in the Bible and and they need to destroy him. I think that's probably what it is, right? (laughs) Also wanted, the missing link. Uh, Send it in to Bible City. (laughs) Send us all dinosaur bones. (laughs) They're too old. (laughs) We promise we'll just take a picture and send them right back. (laughs) So like I say... This is like the murky end of the line for Pedro, the mountain mummy. I will say on top of the existing um, cannibal goblin theory about what this mummy might be, there is a couple of other possibilities. A lot of people claim that the whole thing was a hoax by Cecil and Frank, who brought this body, whatever it is, to the cave and claimed to find it there. Mm -hmm. Additionally, and most damning, is some of the experts who scanned the mummy decided that it had clear signs of being an anencephalic human. It's a kind of developmental defect that affects children. Maybe the way it was buried was just some kind of burial ritual. Annoyingly, this doesn't really line up with the other opinions from these supposed experts who claim that it was 65 years old and and fully developed. Right. So I think it's pretty impossible to ignore that medical verdict on what the San Pedro mummy is. But the story is still pretty fascinating when you add in all the Native American lore about cannibal goblins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Rory, having seen the picture of the San Pedro Mountains mummy for yourself and heard some of that backstory, um, where are your thoughts lying? The only thing that is uh, making this case hard is the variety of conclusions that people have come to over the years. I feel like one expert will be like, this is a 65-year-old, fully grown, mummified person. (laughs) And then someone else goes, we don't even know that this thing is human. (laughs) It's like, you you should at least be able to agree on that. You know, if it's a coin toss, whether it's actually real, a hoax, human, 
a child, an adult, a dog, or a piece of beef jerky, there should be kind of a stronger, more uh, consensus. We should at least agree on what type of teeth it has. Exactly. I want to be at the point where it's like, someone says he's 65, but we think he was 63. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. The, the, right. in the you know in the tiny little details but it seems like this thing is really still up in the air yeah and even in the paranormal camp they're arguing over whether it can teleport or whether it runs so fast the human eye can't see it it's like slow down <laughs> slow down because this guy thinks it's just a weird piece of wood so, <laughs> so let's not start talking about whether or not it eats its own kind and can only go to heaven with murder uh yeah it's difficult I think I'm happy to take the lead on a conclusion here. You know, it is disappointingly most realistic here. I think that the medical establishment is right that there is such thing as an anencephalic human. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a relatively common occurrence, I suppose. And they feel that they know what that looks like and that this somewhat fits the bill. So whilst it's extremely tempting to start getting into the speculation of uh, what these Native American legends really are about um, the Pugwudgie and the other kind of cannibal goblins running around the forests of Wyoming. I think if we have to obey the rules of the this Paranormal Life game and decide today whether the San Pedro mountain mummy is truly paranormal or not, mm-hmm. I think for myself, it is going to have to be a no. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to be right there with you. I think, you know, even if this thing is a little human that has been mummified, that's not paranormal necessarily. Um, As we said, this could have been some sort of defect at birth that the civilization surrounding it at the time didn't know how to deal with this, didn't know what it was, didn't know how to help it, did some sort of ceremony where it was mummified and put in a cave. Who knows? Who knows how it got there? I think I should say, I don't think I mentioned that. I think it is like carbon dated at least like 400 years old or something like that okay so it's pretty this is we're going back quite a way here all right well that's good to know so even if it was a hoax by the two prospectors they still found a 400 year old mummy (laughs) apparently in a car sales garage (laughs) so weird why would he think that was gonna help him that would scare the shit i would never buy a car from a man who has a child mummy in his office. The people who want to pay to see a mummy are not the same people who are going to buy a Chrysler. Imagine <laughs> being like going to this, this uh, car dealership and you, you find a, a new beautiful car that you like on the lot. You take it out. You're just going through the paperwork with the guy. You got your pen ready. Just about to sign the dot. And he goes, oh, before I forget, you want to see a mummified child? No. Put the cap back on the pen. I'm walking across the road to the other dealership. (laughs) I'm going to go anywhere else. I don't know why you have that. And I don't know why you think I should see it. That is disturbing. (laughs) He gives you the keys to the car. You open the door. The mummy's in the front seat. (laughs) Nope. I want my money back. (laughs) Like a child chair in the front. Um, That is, unless he was like doing some kind of cool theme with it where he's like, hey, um, it was part of an ancient civilization that uh, was built around a community as powerful and as reliable as the 98 Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) This thing could allegedly run as fast as 60 miles per hour, and you get that to the gallon with a brand new Ford. So I think that just about wraps it up for the investigation into the San Pedro Mountain Mummy. Mm -hmm. 
Thanks to um, the people who have sent in that as a suggestion over the years. Thank you to Amy Grisdale for researching it, to Cami Toman for editing it, and to you, the listener, for listening to it. Yay! I want to, uh, I, I, I got to get off this off my chest. I want to apologize uh, for missing the the start, missing the, the bit at the start where I was like daydreaming a little bit. So that's oh, not fair apologize. on you. Those that's not fair on yet. the listeners. Don't worry about that. I've, it's been bugging me the whole time. If anything, I would apologize for the incessant rambling that came after that well i think that was important because uh that was just chatter that was just getting the conversation flowing but i i apologize for that it's actually throwing me off my game if uh, anything. and i won't apologize for anything else but i will apologize for not being present during the intro so i i i humbly apologize you're not humble. i am down on my knees you're not you're you're just you're sitting back in your chair for, arrogantly <laughs> forgive me master it shan't happen again you're unbelievably proud of yourself for apologizing. You're not humble at all. Does that make me a good person for being aware of my no. mistakes? Yeah, I guess it does. No, not when you do it with this much conceit. Am I more humble than you in a way? Sure. Right. So this is the point being of why you brought self-aware this up. of great. your own mistakes actually makes you more of a man than anyone. It makes it because a real man knows when he he uh, he messed up, and I'm that real man. A hundred percent. So I guess that's like the conclusion of the episode. A, the conclusion is you're a hundred percent man. <laughs> I really think that's the conclusion. The end of the episode is uh, I'm a hundred percent man. And kid is a kid is a seven foot dog tooth boy. Oh, okay. That's quite so, enough. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed today's investigation. If you just can't wait until Tuesday to hear another TPL investigation into the paranormal, let it be known that over on patreon.com, you can get access to over 45 full length bonus episodes of this paranormal life. Whoa. And you can get access for just five bucks up front. I know everyone thinks this Patreon is like a like a, a monthly way of supporting your favorite podcasts and creators. Yeah. Um, but you can actually just sign up for one month, download oh, all the bonus episodes no, no, you no. want. Don't, don't tell them this. Dude, stop. stop I'm just stop, letting people stop, know stop, that. Stop, stop, stop. You said enough. There's different ways of using it the is, Patreon. Don't listen to what he just said. It is a monthly subscription thing. Well, you, it and, is, but I'm just saying it's also if that's too much money and for you, if, and maybe you're, <laughs> an, maybe you're a younger person, you don't have that much cash. Uh, you know, just a couple bucks and it'll get, get you Whoa, access to everything. No, 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 no. Yeah, but but it, of course, yeah, it gives you access to everything. But Patreon is like, it's like a blood oath. You sign up once, well, you give us your details. You give us your birth certificate, no, you passport, don't. You social security. We own it's, you for it's life. It's very easy. It's very simple so, <laughs> to start your subscription and, and end it whenever you like. Yeah, on your deathbed, you okay. son of a bitch. Okay, no. <laughs> you're, That's enough. Once you sign that blood oath on patreon.com, you're a TPL fan for life. There's no canceling your subscription. Well, we hope. There's no, there's no, you want the bonus episodes? Well, guess what? You do, now you're sending monthly checks well, every month for the rest of your life. That's just not true because people people message us all the time. They say, "Hey, uh, thank you for for the content. Um, doesn't work for me this month, but I'll come back next month." And I always say, "That's cool. No worries, brother. Thank you so much for the support." Yeah, hypothetically, yeah, that's you can do that if you want. You can just pay the five bucks or the twenty dollars and get the free T-shirt. Get all the bonus episodes you want. Binge them in twenty four hours. And then drop off. Sure, you can do that. That's like a tiny little print in the contract right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. It's like, the, it's like the Willy Wonka in the, contract. In the blood you, oath? You got, yeah, in the, the small print of the blood oath. You got to use a magnifying glass. It is in there between the lines. 
but we won't. We don't. We, we don't want to talk. I just about feel that. you're we making it very scary. It's not scary. What's scary about an eternal blood pact? Okay. What's scary about that? If, if you, anything, it's it's sexy. It's why don't we cool. let the people right, decide sorry. for themselves, and we'll show them just a hint of what this month's bonus episode is like. Good idea. Here's a clip from last month's bonus episode. I'd like to welcome you all to the introduction and creation of the WWP, the World Wrestling Paranormal. Whoa! Doesn't really make sense as an abbreviation, but it needs to be that. I'm in, brother. To to be a pun on the E. (laughs) Tonight, our very own Kit Greer is entering the ring. To I take, am? You are, brother. Don't interrupt, because oh. I'm kind of in the middle of something here. <laughs> to enter the ring to take on an opponent of his choice. But who will he choose? Let's introduce our fighters. Bro, I would have got better sleep if I knew I was going in the ring. You know I haven't been training. First off, actually, do you want to do you wanna give yourself like a wrestling persona? I didn't really think about that. I was more focused on the other guys. Okay. I mean, that should be easy enough, seeing as I'm... Such a f-ing badass. Uh, it should be second nature to step into the ring as one. Okay. Um, Usually just like a gimmick or something. Usually people have like a thing. All right. So I'm, um, I'm the podcaster. <laughs> okay. I uh, f-ing, uh, get in the ring and I, I use my f-ing voice. Don't do my voice. To bring people to their knees. You're just hey! doing- <laughs> Bad, bad idea for a wrestler. There are so many things Why? that have gone wrong. One, you're just doing the vo- the same voice that I did to introduce you. What a tough guy voice. Two, the podcaster. Rory, I've always talked this way. Don't deny it. If you were, also, if you were a podcaster, why does your singing voice bring people to their knees? I don't understand the logic of this this character. Fine. What, fine. Sure, but we don't. I don't have time. I don't want to do this. I've got more ideas. If you didn't like the podcast, okay, yeah, sure. Let's go. Yeah, what? One more, and then we'll move on. Because I don't. I don't. Want Rory, to. if you didn't like the podcaster, get ready for something completely different. It's the the snitch. <laughs> you're doing the. Uh, vo- <laughs> you're doing the voice. You're doing the same voice as the podcaster. It's had. completely different, Rory. What is the snitch? How does that, like a rat? I'm a rat coward with a vengeance. Nobody's secrets are safe. (laughs) I will fight you by doxing you and leaking your personal information to dangerous children on 4chan. Wow. Um, So much worse than the podcaster. I don't, I can't believe I'm going to ask this. Do you have any more? There's no way that there could be a third that is worse than that. And please don't do the voice. Do not do the podcaster voice. Rory, say no more. I can go all day. If you didn't like that one, welcome into the ring, the diddler. Absolutely not. No, what? absolutely not. Podcaster. We're going, we're going to go podcaster. Fine. Forget. I okay. like podcaster too. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's a hoot. That, that is, is it. That's worth it was selling scary your soul and sexy. for. It was. It really was. Um, as we said, head on over to patreon.com where you can sign up for $5 only for the rest of your, your whole life until you die. And of course, we also recently launched some new designs on our merch store where you can find Chompy shirts, Galactic 12 shirts, classic TPL logos, all available on this Paranormal Life 
Tuesday.com. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will be back, of course, on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. And until then, remember to live fast, investigate, and die young, baby! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.